Hello, my name is Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. Today we have a really interesting show. It's all about dehydration and we're busting some myths about salt, what you need to know about salt. We make some really good differentiations about why your sea salt of choice may not really be having all the benefits that you think it is. And we're also going to be talking about why you constantly go to the bathroom and wake up to go to pee at night. Uh, I know a lot of people have night waking because they have to go to the bathroom. And part of the reason is because you are not hydrated. We talk about you know, why your alkaline water may not be very good for you and why just drinking water alone may not be enough to hydrate you. We talk about a lot of different techniques to help improve hydration on the podcast today. We also talk about why you want to skip Himalayan salts and to meet your mineral needs and why Himalayan salt can actually cause acidity in the body and the type of salt that has the highest mineral content in the world, 25% minerals, where most sea salts and Himalayan salt only have 1% mineral content, and what that means for your health, how to monitor if you're getting enough minerals through some really interesting urine test strips, and the type of light that hydrates you to increase easy water or exclusion zone water. So really, really interesting show today. A lot of you guys listening to this show are looking for ways to improve heavy metal detoxification and just generally improve your health. And I talk a lot about on the show about how heavy metals dramatically impact your health and why they may be the missing puzzle in trying to meet your health goals and trying to feel better and you know where you may not be having success in that because you're not adding detoxification to your health regime. Well, I've created a very simple quiz, takes two minutes to do, to help determine what your potential levels of heavy metals are in your body. Go to metalsquiz.com, take the two second quiz to learn your metal levels and some solutions about what to do about that to improve your health. Our guest today, Eileen Durfee, was a former nuclear power plant engineer, auditor, and inspector. But after working for many years in this job around nuclear power, she became very toxic and suffered from allergies, chemical sensitivities, and thyroid disease. During her journey to heal, detoxify, and achieve health, she invented really helpful solutions to take your detox to the next level. Eileen is passionate about taking good ideas and creating better health products to support detoxification, energy production, mineralization, and natural health. She was granted one utility patent and has seven patents pending and is writing a self-help book to fix the $100 billion a year low back pain problem. You can learn more about her and her really unique detox inventions at creatrixsolutions.com. Eileen, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into health and why you're so passionate about detoxification? I've been sick my whole life, and I was a nuclear power plant engineer, 
And I became sick from toxic exposure and I needed to detoxify. So I've kind of been on this journey because I felt like if the body just had what it needed, that I would need medications and all these things. So it's been quite the journey. And, and so I'm a gadget woman. And so I try to life hack and come up with better ways to do good things. Yeah. And so you have this amazing salt that I'm absolutely in love with. It's called Healthy Salt. And it's really, really special. And I, I wanted to do a whole podcast just focusing in on salts and, you know, dispelling some myths that people have um, about salt and what type of salt they should eat. So that's what the whole show is going to be about today. But let's talk first about dehydration. So dehydration is a huge, huge problem. A lot of people today are dehydrated. You know, and as a result, they, they pee too much or their sleep is disrupted because they're waking up in the middle of the night to go pee. And there's a lot of different issues caused by not drinking enough water. Um, so just how bad is dehydration? What are some of the other symptoms people will have if they are dehydrated? Yeah, well, dehydration is really bad. Uh, even if you're just 2% dehydrated, there's measurable cognitive decline. And so that's every one of us every single day, at least at some part of the day, you know, we're, we're dehydrated. Uh, and, you know, the body goes into this rationing system. So it's like whatever, you know, water is available, it has to make use of. And so there's all kinds of receptors on cells to produce more histamine to, you know, conserve water and then prioritize what uh, cells get water. And just a few examples would be your cartilage in your joints. That normally should contain a lot of water. But if there's water shortage, the because normally the bone marrow, that's where the water comes through into the joint, but the bone marrow has a higher hierarchy of importance. And so the body will sacrifice and not send water to the joint, and then it causes pain because it's not cushioned, so it's not ready for movement, and it will preserve it in the bone marrow. So that's one instance. Another instance would be in um, digestion. Normally, the stomach will empty, you know, really acid uh, food, digested slurry, into the intestines, but that would damage the intestines. And so what the body does, the pancreas actually makes like a sodium bicarbonate solution, but it needs a lot of water to do that. So how many people will eat a meal and they'll just feel like their food just sets on their stomach and sets on their stomach and it's not moving? It's because the, the stomach will not release that into the intestines and damage it unless there's adequate amounts of that sodium bicarbonate solution, you know, to go in there. And, and what this whole cascade of digestion problems are because of dehydration, the valves that keep, you know, the stomach contents in the stomach instead of regurgitating up and through the esophagus or dihidal hernia, everything like that is like when there's dehydration, the muscles in those valves relax because it's preparing the body. It's like, okay, we can't damage the intestines with dumping our acid stomach contents in there. So it's got to come out the mouth. 
So the body begins relaxing all these things. And so people don't realize that these problems are because they're thirsty. I mean, Dr. Batman Galish, he wrote this book, um, Your Body's Cries, you know, Your Body's Many Cries for Water. I love that book. You're not sick, you're thirsty. I mean, even, you know, we're, we're helping people to detoxify. And there's one thing at the cell level is these lysosomes. They're responsible for cleaning up all the molecular debris inside the cell. And they need protons to become very acid, to have this exchange from alkaline to acidity to, you know, clean out the cell. And so when you're dehydrated, the water on the outside of the cell isn't in the quantities that it should be. But normally there's a special kind of water that they just discovered that will help this gel water to be able to have this exchange go in there. And so if you're dehydrated, it doesn't matter how many supplements you're eating, you know, to get dehydrated. You know, if there's water rationing going on in the body, then you're not going to detoxify. And, and there's one more example I want to give. And this is, you know, breathing. We lose a lot of water through breathing. So one of the things that the body does in the water conservation process is it produces histamines to constrict. So it's going to constrict the lungs so you don't lose as much water there. So how many asthmatics are like so dehydrated? You know, I, I think their symptoms would go dramatically down if they were, you know, having the fluids where it needed to be. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing any of my clients that have allergies or histamine response issues or anything like that, they have to drink more water. It's just a natural response the body has when it's dehydrated. So let's talk about salt. Why would consumption of salt help with hydration? Um, this new fourth phase of water builds around salt. And like in chemistry, they say salt sucks. <laughs> because you've got the cell, you've got this osmotic flow. So on one side of the membrane, you've got a low concentration of salt, and the other one, you've got a high concentration of salt. So next to oxygen and water, salt is used more in the body. In the osmotic flow, it's like the hydroelectricity plant that the body can make energy from. And the body will store like 27% of the salt in the bones, and again, salt retains water. It's actually a natural antihistamine. So the body will even mobilize salt stores out of bones to help retain water. Uh, because we don't have a hump like a camel, right, <laughs> to draw water. So our body uses that histamine. It uses salt because it's part of the electrical circuit. You know, we couldn't do anything without salt in our bodies. Yes. And so why do you recommend a pinch a day or a pinch of salt in every glass of water? Well, if you, there's now four states of water and they call it bulk water, you know, that we would drink. And the density of the waters are different. So bulk water that we're just like drinking eight glasses a day, uh, 
actually flush through the cells. Like they drink a bunch of water in 10 minutes, it can flush through the cells and not hydrate the cells, but actually take a lot of mineral electrolytes with it. And so with doing salt, actually there's a new type of water that they created because it's not just solid. It's not like, you know, ice, it's not liquid and it's not vapor. There's what they call easy water. And it basically, our skin is like a solar panel. So it will negatively charge and store energy like a battery. And this salt, this type of water, the easy water forms around salt. And so it's like an energy storage bank. And so our hydration cannot really be complete without taking salt. And we just don't want to strip and get rid of our minerals by just all of a sudden drinking eight glasses of water a day. Yes, yeah, because that can, you know, people don't realize that drinking, let's say they're trying to drink more water and they drink all this water and don't have enough salt intake, it's just going right through them. I don't know if anyone's paid attention to that, but if you're one of the people that you feel like you're constantly going to the bathroom, and that was me at one time, um, then you're, you're probably don't have enough minerals in your body you're not you don't have enough salt intake and this is a a big problem today because our food is largely deficient in minerals or because our soils are largely deficient and we have to actively work to replace the minerals in our in our diet that we're just not that are missing from there that we're not getting and so we don't want to just do that with any salt we don't want to just put any kind of salt into our every glass of water that we're drinking. Uh, Himalayan salt is very, very popular, has a lot of press. Um, but what do, you, uh, what do you recommend that you feel like is better than Himalayan salt? Um, I, for the therapeutic, just little pinches of salt using this really fine powder to give you a lot of alkalinity for that osmotic electrical exchange. I recommend healthy salt because it's 10.72 pH. And I re-looked at the lab report. It's not 30%. It's like 25% minerals. Yes. Uh, so, and then when you leave it in water, the pH does not go down and the ORP is low. So, uh, you know, there's a place for oxidation, like if we're doing some ozone therapies, because it'll break down toxins. But when you want to keep the minerals in your body, you want to have a low ORP. It's like an antioxidant uh, value. And so I really recommend, you know, for in your water, just the pinches of it, because it's actually the finest particle size of a salt that there is. And so it starts actually absorbing right in our mucosal membranes in our mouth. Great for gum health, but yeah, sorry. I absolutely love the healthy salt. I've been taking it uh, every morning in my water or like right before I have my coffee. Cause I know coffee really tanks your minerals. So I have it at the salt right before my coffee as a buffer zone. Um, but I also have been doing some pinches, you know, throughout the day in my water and I absolutely love it. Uh, I definitely can tell the difference. I feel a better, I'm not urinating as much. I mean, I put other things in my water. Like I put some, some restructuring drops in the water and that really helps to retain, uh, the water as well. But if I don't do that, 
If I don't do the healthy salt and or, and, and or I don't do the structured water drops, I the water just goes right through me. It's unbelievable. So I never ever drink water without some sort of treatment to aid retention of the water and retain so I stay hydrated. And so let's talk about that the healthy salt, uh, let's say in comparison to the Himalayan salt. Um, let's first talk about pH. What are the differences in the pH between these two salts? You mentioned ORP, let's get to that next. But first, let's just yeah. talk about the pH. Yeah, well, the Himalayan salt comes from either the Pakistan area or the Himalayans itself. And so there's like miles and miles where this salt can be mined from. But on all the lab testing that I've looked online and everything like that, you write it about a six pH. And then there was some testing that was done where they put the Himalayan salt in water, kind of like the book talks about making the sole. Uh, so you're, you know, not a crystal and you're not a liquid and it, there's a saturation point, you know, in water to be able to dissolve this, you know, sodium chloride. And the longer the Himalayan salt stays in the Soleil, the higher the ORP value goes. So that's, you know, detrimental. And with the healthy salt, you're 10.72 pH. It's like you talk about drinking a cup of coffee it takes, you know, 20 parts of alkalinity to reverse one part of acidic food. So, you know, drinking coffee you know, or anything with caffeine in it is going to be dehydrating. So you're going to have to drink more water than that two and a half quarts a day, you know, to make up for that. But yes, immediately using a high pH. And that's how I fell in love with healthy salt because I met a Korean acupuncturist and he was selling this salt and it was like astronomically expensive. And I was just so skeptical. And he had like all my favorite sea salts out there, the Redman, the Himalayan, the uh, Hawaiian, the, the French salt. I mean, he had like about eight or nine salts out there. And he used Kirkland purified water, which has an acid pH of like five, you know, stay away from that, right? <laughs> so, he, <laughs> so he filled up all the glasses and then he had put a pinch of each of the salts in the glasses. And they still said acid. I'm like going, hmm. And he put a pinch of the healthy salt in there and the glass went blue. I'm going, okay, I gotta, I gotta buy this. I'm going to try it. You know, there's something to this. And, uh, so then that's when I started the journey of pulling a hair analysis and then every day for a month, taking the dose of salt, which he recommended a 16th of a teaspoon, three times a day. So I did that for a month and I stopped the salt. Boy, I didn't like the month without the salt because the salt made me feel so good. But anyway, I had to do it. So then I did another hair analysis. And so I'm cutting my hair only a half inch long because length equals time. So then I go a month without the salt. Then I cut my hair again. Then I get to start the salt again. I did that on and off about four or five times before I was totally convinced that this salt was something special. 
because all the heavy metals would dramatically go up in my hair, my energy production, my blood sugar ratio, everything would improve. And it was like changes that you just never see, but it would be like the changes that you never see every other month when I'm on the salt, just consistent. So I was quite impressed. And so then I spent about $3,000 on lab testing because the Corian acupuncturist said, hey, the salt's, you know, a nine pH and it's this and it's that. And so when the lab test came back, you know, usually people exaggerate, you know, as far as this is better or whatever, but it was 10.72 pH. And when you compare like the magnesium content in healthy salt compared to Himalayan, it's like one part per million in Himalayan, but it's 6,800 parts per million magnesium in healthy salt. I mean, so besides satisfying the sodium requirements in our body and benefiting for, for creating that more hydroelectricity from a greater differential in pHs from here to here, then um, the healthy salt is the clear winner. And, you know, so as far as pH goes, it, it, it's I've never seen anything that works so well. It's like, that's the other thing is, is I got these test strips, these ultra sensitive ones, you know, besides the hair, that's something that takes a month. But how about instantly seeing a change in hydration? Like these ones, if you got a high specific gravity, you're going to be dehydrated and you'll probably have higher amounts of protein and, you know, things in your urine. So you'll see all these markers that are not good. So I, I take a baseline with this one. Then I start dosing on the healthy salt through the day. Then I start checking to see how much, how acid am I really? What, what did that cup of coffee do to me? How much do I really need to get back up where, where is good? And then I can do those. And then when these start consistently showing that, hey, I'm, I'm having the right amount of, of, of salt and alkalinity. So then I go back to these and I check what happened to my specific gravity. And oh my gosh, in like three days of consistently doing the water with the salt, then all the urinalysis strips that show dehydration go away. It, it's it's uh, so with hair analysis, with the pH test strips, you can really bring your body to where it needs to be to have maximum function. So you mentioned ORP earlier. So what exactly is ORP in layman's terms, if you will? And can you explain why you don't recommend Himalayan salt due to its high ORP value? Sure. ORP is oxidative reduction potential. I guess if you're familiar with ozone, it's got three molecules of oxygen and the third one breaks off and it oxidizes, it breaks down a substance, kind of like the EPA will uh, inject ozonated water into contaminated groundwater to clean it up. It, it purifies it. Los Angeles ozonates their drinking water. And so when you put Himalayan salt in water and leave it there, like creating a soleil, the longer it stays in the water, the lower the pH goes. It goes from six down to five. But the ORP value keeps on going up for like 48 hours. It, so it's like the longer it stays in there. So that 
is going to be breaking down uh, the minerals that are in the salt that you're trying to get in your body. And then with that lower pH, you know, I don't think that that's good. And if you have a low ORP, that's antioxidants. And so with the healthy salt, you've got a low ORP. And so you, in a salt, you wouldn't want a high ORP. Now there's a place for like ozone therapy, which that is high ORP, and you would do it in different protocols. And so with the salt, I don't recommend using a high ORP salt with a low uh, pH. And explain how the healthy salt has the, the low ORP. Well, when you dissolve it in water and you measure it, it does not climb. It is low and it stays low. And so, you know, that's just antioxidants, you know. So you're getting a lot of things all wrapped up into one with the healthy salt. You're getting minerals, you're getting the salt, you're getting the high pH, you're getting it as an antioxidant, you know. Uh, As I do more testing, I've got some ideas for testing. Uh, I have a theory that it might even make easy water, expand easy water. So we'll we'll have to see if my theories are right and get that tested. That's awesome. So these pH test strips, so they're testing the urine, correct? Yeah, they can test saliva, but yeah. So that's awesome. So you have these test strips that are testing the urine. So you can test for your hydration level, for your mineral reserves, your alkalinity or your pH, and uh, that's just fantastic. And then you also have um, other, uh, you know, strips as well, where you can actually dip them into your water, say without the salt, you can dip them into your water and see if your water levels have metals in them as well. So it's an instant gratification for testing your water. And so I love these test strips that you have. There's another test strip you have as well. Can you talk about that one? Yeah. Um, you know, the water that we drink is so important. They've um, even figured out that people drinking certain types of water will live like a lot longer than others. So water is like our most important nutrient that we can put into our body. A lot of people are drinking tap water, they're drinking acid bottled water and everything else. But that doesn't mean that it isn't free of contaminants. And so part of the whole detoxification thing, our first line of defense is let's don't put it in our body to have to get rid of later. So we have the water test strips and they're a 14 panel. All the other ones online are like a 10 panel. And so it gives us, you know, information. So, hey, you know, do we need to do some filtration? Do we need to switch what type of water we're drinking? Because that's just an important thing that you can do for yourself. Yeah, and so let's talk about alkaline bottled water. So for raising pH. So if you're drinking smart water, it's not working <laughs> because that is not not high pH water. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? On the there's so much marketing around alkaline water, but there's a lot of problems with the various waters that claim to be you know alkaline. Well, what's making them alkaline? You know, our body has a system of preferred minerals versus other elements that can increase alkalinity. Yes, your body will derive some benefits from alkaline water, kind of like you'll your body will be forced into giving you energy if you drink coffee. 
you know, uh, but is that natural energy, is that good alkalinity? And that's kind of what people have kind of gone off in left field here is they're all wanting alkalinity and they're coming up with all these ways, even machines that put electricity on plates that release elements of titanium or platinum or avectra calcium in there to have this alkalinity. But why not give your body something that it needs to produce cellular energy in our body to create this amazing water, this phase of water that we're going to talk about that's going to help hydration uh, instead of these bottled waters. You can make your own alkaline water and supply your salt needs. Yeah. And so you were just talking about Kagan water, where there's water that's sent over platinum and titanium plates and that met those metals get into the water. And so while it's technically alkaline, you know, you can become very metal poisoned over time drinking that type of water. It's really bad. Yep, that's right. People are not aware of that. Yeah, I know. It's just so terrible that, you know, it sounds great. Oh, Japanese, you know, amazing, you know, high-end water system. It's very, very expensive, and people just end up poisoning themselves. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, like what you mentioned before, the recent discovery in water properties and uh, by Dr. Jared Pollack. And let us explain how taking a near-infrared incandescent bulb sauna can help to hydrate the body. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. I mean, water is almost unexplainable. There's 70 anomalies in, uh, you know, biochemistry that happen around water. I mean, they still don't understand it. And so at the University of Washington, he was studying water and they found this phenomenon where water becomes negatively charged, which they didn't think was happening before. And they went home one day and I guess the microscope light was accidentally turned off. And so when they came back in, it's like this exclusion zone with all this negatively charged water was like so much smaller and they turned on the light and all of a sudden it grew massively. So then they understood that water absorbs this light and becomes like a battery because this water becomes thicker. It needs to have salt around it. That's where the, the uh, water, they call it easy exclusion because it'll push everything else out of that area and just become negatively charged. And it will actually really separate the positive to the negative. So in theory, you could put electrodes in there and produce electricity out of water. And they did an experiment, you know, and they did that. And so then they did studies and they found out that that water grows faster with infrared light. You know, so obviously sunshine, probably the reason why we feel so good when we go out in the sun is that easy water is expanding and storing energy. See, we thought that, you know, our mitochondria and eating food and all this other stuff was responsible for energy production in the body. But now there's a new aspect. Our skin is like solar panels. And so, but it, this water is denser. That's the neat thing. It almost turns into like a gel. And so it actually is more hydrating to the body. 
So we really want easy water as much as we can. And so when we're in the sauna, obviously one of the reasons why we feel so good is we are creating easy water. And we're taking when we're taking the salt, like the healthy salt, we're maintaining it. And then we're getting that hydroelectricity that's produced through the osmotic action of the high and the low. And then our detoxification goes up because the, the easy water has to get inside the cell. And because of this negative and positive charge, protons are attracted to it. So that's where when it goes inside the cell, these lysosomes attract the protons and they become really, really acid. So then this whole acid alkaline you know, thing happens to where it propels and cleans up all the molecular the debris in the body. And so it's like light. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, hi, taking you a sauna will hydrate your body. Yes. Yes. You know, just yes. take your salt with it. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. And I love this because, you know, I've been talking for years about, you know, how when you're doing a hair mineral analysis and then, you know, you can look at your mineral levels and gauge them and then you need minerals for detoxification. And it's it just it's difficult to get the amount of minerals that you need. It's difficult to supplement that away. And then you have to drink, you know, juicing can be is a great way to get minerals, but can be very expensive and time consuming. And this is just a, a really great, easy way to just, uh, you know, in addition to what you're already doing to hydrate your body. You really, this is one of the most basic things in health is you have to get adequate minerals. I mean, not only for detoxification, but just for your body to work properly and being properly hydrated by the book um, that, what was it again? Everything you need to know about water. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> I think everybody should read this I've book. read it. I just couldn't remember the, the title. What is it again? Yes. Your Body's Many Cries, many for, cries water. for Water. Yes, it's such a compelling story. Um, but yeah, just if you're dehydrated, you have more pain, you have more allergies, you have more histamine reactions, you have more brain fog, you have more fatigue. I mean, there's so many negative symptoms that people I, can have when they're dehydrated. So let's touch on the sodium and high blood pressure. Yes, yes. There is a chapter in this book. So everybody that's got high blood pressure, go buy this book and read it. But it's your body's rationing system where it's constricting the blood flows. If the kidneys don't have enough water to process the urine, it will actually squeeze the blood vessels. And it has this reverse osmosis plant and a shower spigot where it will actually harvest water out of the bloodstream for the kidneys to work. And that whole process creates high blood pressure. And this doctor says that it's just a symptom of severe longstanding dehydration. Mm -hmm. And so he says for people that have edema and swelling, they need to actually measure the amount of their urine output compared to their water intake. And they have to go very, very slowly. And if they start having edema, swelling, that's kind of like your body creating its own camel hump. It's like, oh my gosh, here's all this water. We gotta, we gotta store it 
and we got to ration it out based on, you know, all these protocols and hierarchies. And so what he said is to stop the salt intake when you're swelled up and drink enough water to where that begins to recede. Then you work up with very tiny little bits of sodium with the salt so it balances it. And maybe over the course of one to two months, you'll be able to rehydrate your body. And so that's because that's a common question people ask with sodium and high blood pressure. And, you know, I swell up like a balloon, you know, so you're dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. And that, that part of that also is from sodium chloride, like the table salt that people eat with the doctors. That's what they're telling you to avoid is the sodium right. chloride. An ignorant doctor will say avoid sea salt also. But the sodium chloride is that makes you retain water too. But uh, it makes people very, very ill. It's a poison to the body. Very, very different than healthy salt, which has, you know, 80, is it 100 minerals that's in it? Oh, if you do the ultra trace minerals, yeah, it's just like, and that's the other thing for the genetic code to work. There's a scientist that documented that we need at least 49 minerals for basic functions. And apparently another 10 that is highly suspect as minimum requirements. So even in food supplements, where are you going to get 49 to 59 minerals? You're, you're not going to get it, you know. Uh, and that's the other thing about healthy salt that I really liked is because in this quest to find all these, you know, analysis of all the other different salts, you know, you know, real salt, you know, 98 something percent, sodium chloride, they all had very few minerals in them. But I ran across this information about a French scientist, you know, at the turn of the century was basically taking seawater and um, processing it in a way that he would give it to, to humans. And even, even one in his studies, he took the blood out of dogs and completely filled them up with this seawater. And they were living, walking around just fine. And so when we looked at the analysis of what was in that, you know, marine plasma, which is very expensive, it comes like in little ampules that you drink, you know, when he was doing it, he was injecting it into people and curing just about every disease known to man. He was killed in World War One, and over a million people went to his funeral. Well, they're still making this. Uh, but the ratio of the minuscule amount of minerals is what's so important. And what was so interesting when we started comparing the lab tests of the healthy salt to that marine plasma, it was so similar. Just, you know, yeah, we don't have the plankton, you know, that's the other component in theirs that's very healthy for us. Uh, but, you know, so when you compare all these other salts, whether super high or low and all this kind of stuff, they just don't have that broad spectrum trace elements that our DNA, our body just loves. It, it just is crazy when people, you know, if they would do a hair analysis with you and get it before and then add this and just see the changes, it would just, it's just incredible. Yeah. And that's, what's so great about these minerals is that it's, it's very, very fine. It's unlike any salt I've ever seen. I've never seen salt. That's this, had this really fine particulate 
you need a tiny, I'm tiny little amount. It, yeah. It's just like a, it's just like a powder. It's like, if so I blow it, it just goes in the wind. It yeah. Just... And you only need a tiny little pinch of it, a tiny, tiny little amount. So even like a little jar, it goes a really, really long way. And it also, um, it, it kind of tastes a little bit like sulfur has like a little sulfuric taste. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, this salt, the chlorine acupuncturist, he, he wouldn't tell me how they made it other than it's a mined salt. And then they debrine it in the shade. Then they rake it and they spray it and wash it. But then they add herbs and natural ingredients that actually has been in his family for thousands of years. So it's not the nine times roasted bamboo salt where they pack it with clay and all that kind of stuff. It's not like the Japanese high energetic salt, but they have a different process. And then once three and a half years has gone by, then they put it in a special pot and they burn it under high flame for days. So there's some ash content in there uh, from those natural secret ingredients that, the, that were in there that actually are kind of like some salts. Uh, Cause like if you, you know, cremate a body, there's just a lot of salt left, you know, in the, in the, in the ash and yes. minerals. And so uh, this uh, salt is not only the trace elements and the sodium chloride, but it's this, ash that I think is probably the secret healing ingredient in the salt. But there's a lot of people that will talk about how they crave it. Some people say it smells so strong that they can't hardly stand it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's just like, so, I mean, you can take a pinch of it. I mean, it's not really good for salt in your food because you have to use so much of it, you know, but uh, you, like if you have a you know, a, a lamb roast or something, and you take it and you just put it on there. It's like the powder, it just disappears. Yeah. It just absorbs in there so well. But uh, yeah. So you can use it to flavor your food if you want, but I just put it in every glass of water that I drink. That's kind of my little mainstay that I do. Um, so you have this multi multifaceted approach that hydration that you do every day. And I've been employing these same things as well. So it includes, you know, the water, adding the salt to the water, near infrared light, and the urine uh, strip testing. So can you explain, you know, how you implement, uh, you know, this protocol into your daily routine? Right, well, in my sauna, now that I've learned more about uh, this water, you can, this is another good book that explains this new breakthrough discovery. Uh, What's the it, title of the book? It's called The Fourth Phase of Water. Oh, yeah. Dr. Pollock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beyond Solid, Liquid, and Vapor. And uh, so now I'm using three of the therabulbs in my sauna. Then I'm using one Philips bulbs because Philips... Uh, emits 550 to 3400 nanometers of light. So they found out that all light, even the light from a microscope, will expand easy water. But the frequency that expands easy water the fastest, and it doesn't take very much of it, is 3000 nanometers. So that's why I use one of the Philips bulbs now in my saunas since I've learned that. So it's like yes. I'm maximizing my 
you know, solely near infrared, but then I'm getting some of the mid infrared frequencies that you can get in a incandescent bulb sauna. Yes, because you make saunas, you have a sauna fix sauna that people can find at creatrixsolutions.com, just so you guys know what she's talking about. Yes, and so I basically, I mean, every morning, you know, I do a coffee enema. This is how I transform into superwoman. I, you can use regular crystal stones, or I have a bio disc that I put in my water dispenser. I have like spring water that's room temperature. And then I put this in there. So it actually changes the surface tension of the water, makes it more structurized. And then I do a coffee enema, but I have a sauna fix hanging on my ceiling and I have a Kalima board. So I'm getting, you know, before I even get in my sauna, I'm getting my light. I already have, you know, had my glass of water with my healthy salt and then after that, you know, because I'm using the hot yoga tent, uh, so it's a little bit bigger, I just start the preheat on that in there. And then I, you know, drink more water and take a little more salt. And then I go in there and then I start doing movement. And, and that's the other thing that's so awesome about hydrating your joints. So I want to talk about back pain just a little bit, like the disc between your, you know, right on top of your L5 lumbar bone, that disc is full of water. And 75% of the water in that disc supports the trunk of your upper body. But guess what doesn't get allocated water when you're dehydrated? Yeah. <laughs> your disc. So you're yeah. going to have back pain. So when you drink a lot of water, how do you get the forces to get the water back in the disc? So that's what I'm doing in my hot yoga tent because doing the neck flexion, you know, actually creates suction and draws water hydration back into your discs. And then also I have this other invention that we'll be talking about later that I arch over. It's not like a regular setup, but I arch over it. So, you know, I got the light shining on me. I've got the water in that I consumed. I got the salt. So now I'm using the mechanical advantage of sucking the water back into my vertebrae discs to create, you know, hydration and also, you know, bending your joints with the light because, as your body begins moving more water back into your cartilage, when you're actually shining the light, then it's going to create the easy. So it's going to be more of a gelled cushioned water. So you can really limber up and, and cre create some hydration going on in, in your joints where it's lost it, where you're going to suffer more damage. Yeah. And so many people today, and I suffered this myself, they have back problems um, because if, you know, they're have bad posture and sitting at their desks and, you know, like this at, in front of their, their screens, um, uh, but people are also dehydrated and then they just turn the wrong way or do a little bit too hard of a workout or, or whatever. They have weak stomach muscles or not exercising enough. And lo and behold, they get a bulging disc or a slip disc 
And part of that is due to being dehydrated and not being, it's not just, oh, I'm just out of shape or that's just runs in my family. We all have bad backs or you're dehydrated. And, and then people also have, uh, a lot of people have high blood sugar that also compounds the problem that also contributes to dehydration as well. And then the muscles, the proteins in the act of using a muscle, it folds. But guess what? You got to be dehydrated. You have to have that easy water and the protons there to open the muscle up so that when you're dehydrated, your muscles won't work right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All these people trying to work out that are not hydrated, you know, it's then your body that we see what all these high cortisol levels. So your body begins cannibalizing its own tissue to produce the energy that it needs because it's lacking energy too so it's a vicious cycle you know really really good book on water everybody should read and reread <laughs> yeah i actually wrote a book called dehydrate i actually wrote an article rather called dehydration causes pain and disease based on um his book and about dehydration and how it really Proper hydration solves so many different problems. That's just the most basic thing we're talking about today on the show. And and you have some tools uh, with the healthy salt to be able to really maximize your hydration even more so. Because I found I'm drinking really high quality water. I'm drinking spring water or properly filtered water. I know what I'm doing. I put a lot of research into it. But it's not enough. It's not enough to just drink clean water. Uh, so water today is not structured properly and we don't get enough minerals that to hold the water in our body. So if you are waking up in the middle of the night going to pee too much and it's keeping you up, if your urine is just running through you, you're drinking a glass of water and it's just running through you, you need to take some extra steps, uh, extra steps to remineralize properly, to hydrate properly. I mean, mercury toxicity can also cause this. It can cause ADH, which is helps to retain water in your body. Um, mercury will, will cause problems with that, and that can cause water to run through you. But really, uh, the basics are uh, mineralizing your body and having enough salt in your body to hold on to the water. So Eileen, is there any other parting thoughts uh, that you want to share with the audience uh, on this topic? There's foods too that people can incorporate that have a lot of this gel, you know, this easy water. So we can actually hydrate by eating certain foods. Like uh, I listened to this TED talk of this lady who is an anthropologist and she was studying, you know, what did these people in the desert during drought times do? They weren't drinking eight glasses of water. How else did they hydrate? And her mother had a huge dehydration problem in a nursing home. And so what she did is she found out that chia seeds have tremendous amount of easy water in them. And so she just ground up a uh, chia seed, sent it to the nursing home and said to put some in her morning orange juice. And it, she never even had another chronic dehydration episode, even though she lived in her nineties. And so 
there are things, you know, different root vegetables. I mean, the, the leafy greens are just full of easy water. And then we could, you know, incorporate those into, you know, our diet, which a lot of us are probably already doing. But uh, so we don't have to get all of our hydration from water. But if we can do the water, the structured water, something as simple as using crystals in there or this in your water or use it like a, a coaster in 20 minutes, you'll notice the difference in the change of the water. And, and that's the bio disc. You can get that on creatrixsolutions.com. Yeah. And so it's just all these little life hacks and then monitor, figure out, <laughs> are you really hydrated? How much further do you have to work at this, you know, and then develop a habit? Hey, it takes what, 30 days to develop a habit, you know? So. Yeah. I love the test strips. I think they're, they're a great way to monitor what's going on. And some of the, in the past, the, te the pH test strips weren't so great, but we've really come a long way in the technology and, and their accuracy. And today, like you, you have these amazing strips that people can use to monitor. Yeah. So don't, don't get the 14 panel and think you're going to really see a change in your pH on this one because of the incremental steps are too big. This one, the incremental steps are, you know, the, the pH test strips, they're like 0.25. You are going to see changes very fast with this. And so the combination of both is, is what I would do, you know, cause some people, um, you know, they're going to have a different alkaline, you know, mineral reserve. There's some tests. Uh, it's written on the, the little box of how to figure out if you've got a good electrolyte reserve, you know, and the different indicators and you can do, you know, saliva pH, you can do 11 lemon saliva pH. You can do an alkaline food test or a, a acid food test. And you can really dial right in there to see how quickly you can proceed on a detoxification program. Because if you don't have the uh, amount of minerals and you're minerally deplete, you're going to have a whole lot more Hexheimer reactions, retracing reactions. And so just the simple water and salt and pH and build that up. And, you know, then you can kind of like start running on your detox program. Yes. And that's so important to mineralize to aid detoxification because minerals help to push metals out of the body. It's the most basic way, a most simple, effective way to detox your body is simply mineralizing it. And your body will just start getting to work on its own, pushing mercury out, pushing other metals out by displacing those metals in the body with minerals. And so, well, Eileen, thanks so much for coming on the show and really illuminating why we need to increase hydration in our body and some of the symptoms dehydration causes and a lot of your amazing tips to remineralize the body to increase hydration and monitor your progress as well to see if what you're doing is working. So Eileen, thanks for coming on the show. Tell us where we can find you and all your healthy salt and test strips and bio disc. It's on creatrixsolutions.com. It's kind of like where innovative health products come to life. Everything about stopping 
toxins from getting in your body in the first place by cleaning your air and your water and then mineralizing your body and then sweating it all out with, I think, one of the best saunas on the market. So I, I love your sauna. Uh, I mean, I've, I've recommended, I have a few different saunas out there, but it's it's strange how I had never really met you before or talked with you about your saunas. And I love, you have the, the near-infrared bulb saunas, but not only that, you've, you've got this reflective coating inside that helps to increase the heat, increase the effectiveness, increase the amount of toxins coming out of you faster. And you use the sauna glasses uh, that protect your eyes with every sauna purchase. And it's just, you've really just taken things to the next level. And I love how you've just like picked apart every little, really little, every little aspect of detoxification and just taken it to the next level. So we did a podcast before called Infrared Sauna Tips You've Never Heard Of if you guys want to learn more about uh, about that uh, with Eileen Durfee. So Eileen, thanks for coming on the show. And everyone, thanks for listening every week to the Myers Detox podcast where we explore all different types of topics related to detoxification protocols, uh, mineral supplementation, biohacking techniques to take your health to the next level. Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.